On this very special edition of the Legends Podcast, Ari and I are joined by good friend Alec Nyman. We discuss some picks for the upcoming NBA season, as well as some projections for who will be winning individual awards and the championship. Additionally, Alec gives us a bit of his feedback on previous episodes, and he goes through his experiences living in Cleveland. But first, here's a beat I made in GarageBand. Welcome to episode six of the Legends Pod. My name is Sam Mannheimer, and I am joined by co-host Ari Levy. I'm Ari Levy, and we have a very, very special show for you guys today. Uh, my former roommate, sophomore year, first semester, good friend, New York's finest, Stephen A. Jr., Alec motherfucking Nyman. Holla at your boy. You promised me ratings. Are you going to bring me ratings? All I do is bring you ratings, Ari Levy. Thanks for having me, though. I appreciate it. We have a firebrand in the studio with us today. We're here. I mean, I'm excited, excited to be here. Love the show. I've listened to all of them so far, and I'm a big fan. I can get into all of the uh, all the episodes. You know, I, I I've really enjoyed listening to all the different personalities you brought on. Loved Meckler as your first guest. I go back with Meckler a long way. Been roommates with him twice, uh, and it's good to hear he's still out here doing taxes and you know <laughs> setting people straight. I'm telling you guys. Zach Meckler should be doing Joe Biden's tax plan. Couldn't you see Meckler like, couldn't you see Meckler um, like sitting in the office be like, look, Joe, like, it's just one of those things where like on the one hand, the millionaires and billionaires, they're, they need to pay their fair share. But at the same time, they're hiring all the important people for the economy. So it's just one of those things. Like he's always given the back and forth, you know, I love it. I love Meckler. Yeah. He, 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 could exp- he could explain his point well. Um, so I understand there's a big blizzard coming down in New York right now. And uh, is New York City dead? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. It, there's not shit to do here anymore. Like, yeah. I mean, if, unless you want to sit in a 20-degree weather, you know, outside using your phone light to see the menu. And, I mean, there's there's really no... There's no good way to go about this, guys. Like, it's it's just de Blasio's a moron. Cuomo, like, ew. Like, let's just let's just put all this behind us and, and get into 2021. I'm ready to go already. Yeah, as are we. We are an anti-COVID podcast that is one of the founding pillars of this podcast. I hope so. I, I was going to say, uh, since you, you listen to all of our, our podcasts so far, um, that, that makes you, you know, a loyal listener. And we call our, our, our loyal listeners, we refer to them as loyal soldiers. So you are a loyal soldier, sir. And as a loyal soldier, you know, I know we touched on Meckler. What, what did you think of our other guests? Well, I was going to I was going to actually just I was just about to ask that. I'm like, how's the show been going so far? Like, how how's it been? Can we get a little bit like meta and, and introspective on this for a minute? I just see. Your guys' heads at now five episodes going on six in. I think we're in a pretty good spot, honestly. I mean, we we didn't set out to be the number one podcast on on Apple. We kind of just set out to interview our friends and learn about their stories and give the listeners who tend to mostly be our friends something to look forward to and enjoy. And 
I mean, it's been fun. You get text messages throughout the week, people saying, hey, I love that that story that you told or, hey, that point that you guys brought up was great. And that's really what we're kind of getting the most out of at this point. And where we go from here is kind of remains to be seen. But to this point, I think it's just been a real fun experience and I, I've enjoyed all of it. Yeah, I mean, Sparker, really interesting interview. I did not know all that stuff about him. I knew about the mascots, um, but I didn't really know about how he's like into counterterrorism and stuff. But Sparker, like, and Ari, you know this best because uh, you've known Sparker forever. But like, Sparker has completely changed the way he talks now. Do, do, do you guys realize that? Like, he's gone from like, dude, I got a test. Like, you, you do the impression, Ari. Like, Sparker, you want to drink tonight? He'd be like, no, nah, dude, I got a test. Right, right, exactly. And now he sounds just like, he sounds like a prototypical Ashkenaz Jew who's like trying to assimilate into Israeli society. You know, he like says things like, eh, you know, eh. and like, <laughs> he's like changing up his entire cadence. It's like, like what what's going on with him? You got, you would know better than me, Ari. Uh, I mean, you know, he's around Judaism a lot more. Like, you know, uh, I'll get messages but like, Boker Tovahi, did you see the Israeli intelligence killed the, the third ranked member of Hezbollah in Syria today? I'm like, no, see, that's I didn't. exactly like, what first text you, in the morning. Like, he's always got it. He he always he always has some some good story, but yeah, I mean, when 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 it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's Israel, if you move to Spain, like you definitely change, and, and he's definitely oh my changing. god, like you you really did nail though the the way it changed that that was good. Um, yeah. I will say though, Italy. good Shabbos. I hope you have a blessed <laughs> weekend. Hashem loves you. I know. I do have to say, so, I mean, I've enjoyed all the interviews so far. I think everyone's done a really good job, but I do have a couple bones to pick with you guys. There were a few things where I was like, where I was like, I don't know there, you could have hit a little bit more on these certain topics. Like for example, when you're, in, when you're interviewing, well, when you were interviewing Newlander, there was a moment where you guys were talking about the Gronkowskis. And I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, interesting guys to talk about, you know, party animals, very interesting in American culture today. And then Jake Newlander brings up the tug trophy and you guys just, just let that one out there and did not follow up. I want to know about the tug trophy. What was that about? You know, uh, something for tug of war. It was a business really? It was a business decision to not go down that route. We weren't really sure what type of podcast we wanted to have. There was there was a kind of a crossroads. It's either we're going to be the podcast that really drills into the tug trophy and whatever that may entail, or we're just going to keep it professional. And we we went with the latter. Um, so, Alec, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry that you were disappointed by that. Well, I was just very curious because, like, yes, on the one hand, it could be the tug of war for sure. But, I mean, we're also talking about the Gronkowskis. They're, like, these legendary partiers. Like, and sure and also – uh, Robert Kraft definitely has a tug trophy. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he learned it. Rob Gronkowski learned it from the best. Yeah. Of course. So that was one thing I was a little bit, you know, I was a little disappointed that we didn't talk about it. The other thing uh, that, that I, I felt like was missed in one, of your, in one of your episodes was I felt like when you were interviewing Greller, you guys were talking about a bunch of the different products, you know, Uncle Bud's. I've used it myself. I uh, I have nothing but good things to say. However, you guys did, you guys did not bring up the best product line they had out, and that of course is the Uncle Bud's Lube Collection. 
it, it was never mentioned. I was ready. I was like, I was like, sign me up. I will buy it. If you guys promote it, I'm, I was ready to go, but I didn't, I never heard from it. Well, they, we also were, have a, they also have a line of vaginal products that I failed to mention. Uh, and as an unofficial sponsor, here, I'll get them up. I'll read them off for you guys. And and that's a thing that, you know, we're in episode six now and we've talked about it. I was like, sometimes we just got to like let it fucking rip and like just like literally say whatever. But like since it's not live, if we like get into muddy waters, we could assess it later. But. Um, well, I mean, I'm just teasing you guys, of course. I, I love the show. But um, I will take exception, though, Manny. There was one trade you made in your trade, uh, you know, trade draft, I guess it was. The TV uh, show trades? The TV show trades, yes. There was one trade I was I was really perturbed by, and it really it really cut deep in my soul. And I, I really – I didn't know who to, who to go to about this because, you know, I'm sitting in my car on my way to a home inspection – you know, doing my thing as a real estate agent. And then all of a sudden I hear that Sam Manheimer wants to trade Chris Moltisanti and Carmella for Peggy Olsen. What are we doing there? Have Come you on. seen have you seen Mad Men? Yeah, I mean I mean I didn't get through the whole thing. Okay. I have well, there, there's the point. Peggy turns into a star. We're talking a Giannis Antetokounmpo level ascension here. She started out as this kind of mild mannered um, assistant to Don Draper, but she turns into the best ad woman on Madison Avenue. So I think, I think you got to watch the show to impart judgment and I will let stand me, let by me give that you, trade. Let me give you my objections and then my counter. Okay. Okay. I, I believe that Chris Moltisanti would not work in the Mad Men world. And, and the reason being is because he's completely incompetent except for murdering people. As, as was his character arc. His character arc was that he was trying to write that screenplay, remember? And it like was terrible. And Tony was getting on him. He's like, oh, you're not, you're not good for anything. You know, you're stuck with me. And then I think that the better trade would be Chris straight up to Breaking Bad for Jesse Pinkman because Walt could have used a, um, a Chris Moltisanti as his hitman instead of dealing with the Nazi guys. And then on the flip side, you put Jesse in the Sopranos. He's a guy who can make product, you know, what, that they're pushing in the streets. That he, he's kind of a jack of all trades in the Sopranos world. So I think that it's a bit more fair and a bit more of a, uh, a, a bit more of a compromise, if that makes sense. I don't disagree with that. I think that the uh, the Chris for Jesse straight up would be a very fair and equitable trade. I was thinking of it. A little bit outside the box, I was thinking Chris may want to explore some of his more creative aspects. And uh, maybe he just wasn't given the opportunities to be the creative that he really could have been. But, yeah, I think I think from a win now perspective, that's a better trade for for both sides. All right. I, I can I think we can move on now. But um, those were my only objections. Otherwise, I love the show. You guys are great. Appreciate, appreciate that. We got some Bulls preseason basketball on tonight. I know you guys got me tonight missing my Knicks game and I don't, they're playing Cleveland. I was, I was interested. Those are two loyal. Yeah. Uh, so, those are both near and dear to my heart. So, so, you know, so I really before, love you guys. Oh, and I wanted to touch base real quick and, and you're right. I did not ask Gary Greller about the Mrs. Bud's hemp 
feminine vaginal cream or the Mrs. Bud 60 milligram CBD vaginal balm. And next time I have him on, I need to ask him about those products. Yeah, I um, want to know, I know about what those do. Um, before we dive into our full MBA preview, which is um, what, we, what we, a lot of you, a lot of the reason we brought you on, your great personality, but also your very knowledgeable in basketball. And uh, we'll be dropping this episode next Tuesday, the first day of the NBA season. So we're going to give our predictions. But you did work in the NBA for a little. Uh, you started at the Sixers, which I would love for you to talk about. But I really got to experience you in Cleveland. And you were in, you worked in Cleveland, um, which was pretty remarkable. You were there your last year while LeBron, the last year LeBron was on the team. And would you mind like kind of elaborating more on that? I, I know I got to go out and see you for a game and stay with you. Um, what, what was that like? Uh, yeah, I mean, so in Philadelphia, I really got my wings as far as, uh, as, far as a profession. I'm, I was the type of kid that didn't really know at all what I wanted to do or anything like that. And uh, I was the type of person that just like, Things just kind of happened. I, I, I like didn't really have a path. And I ended up in Cleveland, which was like, I, d I never thought in a million years that that's where I would go. And it was a really hard year, to be completely honest. It was, uh, it was very difficult for me. Uh, but the two best things that happened out of all of that was watching LeBron James play home games over 50 times, including preseason and postseason. That was something I'll never ever forget uh, for the until the day I die. It was I mean, just and that and keep in mind, guys, that season was like the worst Cavs team he had had since like 2000 since the 2007 team that went to the finals. Like terrible. Uh, like they they completely overhauled the roster in the middle of the season. If you remember, uh, they traded like Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade and all these other guys for these older veterans for like you know like Jordan Clarkson and. Larry Nance Jr., for example. So it was it was a very tough year. The weather is not great in Cleveland, as we know. And uh, it's, it, I don't know, I felt like there wasn't a ton to do being from the New York area. But the other great thing that happened to me there was that I did meet my girlfriend. And uh, that really did make up for a lot of the, the crappy times. Manny, I know you can relate. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just a really it was a, it ended up being like I had to struggle a lot to get to the end of the road where just like, you know, everything worked itself out. So happy for the experience, but I wouldn't do it again. I wanted to circle back about your girlfriend real quick, Kelsey, great girl. Um, pretty much the entire time I've known you, you've had a girlfriend and you dated another girl when we were in college and then you finished college, you dated her for a little longer and you broke up. So I had known you the entire time you'd had this girl and then we met up for homecoming uh, in Bloomington. And that was the one time I ever saw you when we were single. And we were, we were really excited and we're walking to Kilroy's or Friday after class. And I remember because I wrote it down, you said, bro, Ari, the second we get to Kilroy's, we're on strict patrol. And then you met, <laughs> you met Kelsey and it was over and it was over. And that was, that was it. That was, I got, I got one day with you single the entire time I've known you. I'll say this. Things like this happen when you're least expecting it and when you're not looking for it, right? That's yeah. how it always goes. Uh, so, look, I can I can look back on that weekend and did we not have a great time? 
We had an amazing time. It was it was a weekend for the ages. And uh, the Wixer uh, brunch. The Wixer brunch. That was that was one that was great. I mean, an unforgettable or for, forgettable, depending on what time of the day it was. Yeah. What a weekend! And I was again. I was in Cleveland with nothing to do, so it just made sense to go back to to Bloomington for the weekend and just have a have a killer time with the boys. Yeah. What are your top five favorite things to do in Cleveland? If you had to list five. Oh, wow. Is this like a recommendation for you, Manny? Like, do you, are you looking for things to do? I, I, I have my own set of experiences that I can, I, I can give you my five. Okay. I want to hear yours. So, top five things to do in Cleveland. Uh, and this is something I did recently, just, just, you know, a few weeks ago uh, when I was there for Thanksgiving, going to Chagrin Falls. It's a nice area, you know, walking around. Very nice there. I enjoy going to the beach, uh, to the Beachwood shops because I feel like a good Jew there because all the Jews in the Cleveland area go there all the time. So I feel like I'm amongst my own. Given that when I worked for the Cavs, I was like the only Jewish person in the whole place, except for Dan, Dan Gilbert. But as far as I knew, I, I didn't really know any other Jewish people there. So, you know, anytime I go to Beachwood, I feel right at home. So that's two. Uh, what else? Mm, it's tough because there's not the money. There's not that many. Uh, I enjoyed Swenson's Burgers. You ever get Swenson's? I've not had that. V- very solid burgers. I have to. I have to give it to you. They, what about they, the Jack um, Casino? Oh, Jack Casino. They, they, Ari, you're, you're you're better than me. Jack Casino. That's that's a good time. Um, and other than that, guys, I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my five to to give you some slack here. So I would say the art institute or art museum. I forget the exact name. Pretty good art museum. I was impressed. Okay. Oh, rock and roll history museum. That, yeah. that's my five. That's my fifth. Great place. That was, that was also going to be one of mine. As was the casino. I actually haven't been to the casino, but just by virtue of the fact that it's a major casino in a downtown metropolitan area, I have to list that. Does my Dan Gilbert own it too? Yes, he also owns it, and I've I've had many a lunch break there from the uh, Quicken Loans Arena. So, did you ever get yeah. uh, Dave's Cosmic Subs? So yes, I have, and I think it's very overrated. Okay, I I I've enjoyed it. I think their sauce is stellar. And then my last I, one, everyone says the sauce. That's what everybody says it. The sauce. I'm lost in the sauce apparently. Um, but then my last one is a Browns game. The only only NFL football game I've honestly been to in the last probably decade honestly i'm not a big in-person nfl fan i normally love watching every sunday but i don't go to games browns games are the perfect games to go to because everyone's just hammered people are woofing in the stands like they're literally making dog noises as an oakland raiders fan originally i could really resonate with that kind of experience so i would i would put that as my fifth yeah i was trying to do non-sports but like yeah no 100 percent browns game and browns tailgate uh 100 percent. I I will say, though, I didn't have I really didn't have that many friends in Cleveland because I didn't know anybody. And I was like the the Jew. So it was like I was very much an outsider. So it it just like it didn't end up materializing where I could do a lot out with people. So it just, you know, and by the time it's by the time it's September, it's freezing. So what can you do? So my rundown of Cleveland was drove from Chicago with Meckler, got there Friday night your apartment, fortnight, sleep, wake up, got breakfast. And then we went to, uh, I know his name. 
the guy who cut who, who cut my hair, he also cut Ty Lue's hair. Hachi Quintana. Hachi Quintana, bro. That guy was a legend. Got Shout out Hachi. Hachi Love Quintana. Him. He was amazing. Uh, got my hair cut with Hachi Quintana. Went back to your apartment. Played more Fortnite. Then we, you had to go to the game. Me and Meckler went to some bar. I I remember the logo was a lizard. Uh, oh, the winking lizard. The week, yeah, that was it. Went to the game. They got smoked by the Rockets. That was the year James Harden won. I remember at halftime you were getting chewed out by someone in, in, the, in, the, in the hallway. They're like, why would I renew my tickets next year? They're like, if LeBron leaves, I'm not renewing my tickets. This team is garbage. And, and then you were like, let's go. We left it like halfway through the third, went back to your apartment, played more Fortnite, and got up and left in the morning. And that was, that was pretty much my Cleveland experience. And yeah. I, it was great. Like I said, it was not an easy job, guys. It was yeah. not an easy job. I mean, I was trying to save people in an unsavable situation. Like, imagine trying to save people when, the, when like, you're in an airplane and the plane's going down. There's nothing you can do. Like, everybody's going down. And unfortunately, that's what was going on in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, when LeBron James was in his walk year in 2018. It just was – that was the situation. And he still led the team to the finals. Pretty much he put the whole team on his shoulder. I think it was the first year in LeBron's career where he led his team in every statistical category, every single one. So, like, not just points, rebounds, assists. It was, like, steals, uh, field goal percentage, three-point percentage. It was, like, it was nuts. I've got a question. What's that? I, now, you know this, Ari. You know I'm a very big Howard Stern fan. I love Howard Stern. He's, uh, yeah. you know, I listen to him every morning. And he, you know, you guys have been talking about No Dairy December now for the past couple weeks. And I've enjoyed hearing about it. And I actually considered starting up on it. But I'm I'm not sure where to go with it, guys. I, I'm, I'm really in a bind, literally, physically. I mean, like, going to the bathroom is a painful experience. It, I haven't, you know, had anything solid, in, if you know what I mean, in months, it feels like. And I can guarantee almost that it's probably dairy. Howard Stern says try Metamucil. So I'm trying to think. I'm thinking I might try a Metamucil March or a Metamucil May. And I know that that makes me sound like an old Jew, but I think that or no dairy might be the ways to go. I mean, Manny, you would know best. Ari, now you have some experience. I want to get your guys' take on this. Well, First and foremost, I mean, you got to check what you're eating now. Are you getting fibers? Are you eating some like whole grain cereals or something? Like you got to make sure you're getting the pyramid. I'm eating very well. I, I really, I really don't eat bad at all. I, all the main food groups are accounted for. I just, I don't know what's going on with my digestion. As an unregistered dietitian, I would then say you should eliminate dairy. I don't eat dairy like with every meal, just sometimes. But also, I, maybe the fact that you're Jewish. That is that's a, true. You were you were born not on third base. You were All right, born let's let's run. I also remember what I was gonna say, and we'll we'll circle back on that after we're done talking about your digestive tract. But um, <laughs> so if if I was if I was living in New York, I sincerely I sincerely believe this is that I would get up every morning and go get a bagel with lox and cream cheese. Yeah, you do that. Um, not every day, but I, I do enjoy that. Yes. All right. So there's dairy there. What else are you eating during the day that 
would contain dairy because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in dairy. I, I can't say I've had the same uh, digestive issues as you, but I just was trying to experiment with my diet and eliminate dairy for a month. Do you want like a, a day in the life? Like, do yeah. you want like a, okay. So I'll wake up in the morning if it's a work day. I'll either make myself some scrambled eggs or I'll have like a banana and fruit, depending on how much time I have. Okay. Uh, so that's that's breakfast. And I'll have like my coffee, which is instant run to the bathroom. But that's another thing. Um, so, I'll, you know, that's my morning. Then for lunch, I'll usually have like, I don't know, like a sushi pokey bowl or something like that, like a salad bowl or like, you know, like, you know, typical, typical lunch type fare. Are you eating a poke bowl every day? Are you eating no, 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 no. That, no, 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 no. That's just like, you know, an example. it's like sweet but, green or something like that. Correct. Yeah. It could be a sweet green or something. I'm a, in I'm a big fan of salads for lunch. Right. Yeah. Salad for yeah. lunch with a little protein in it. And you know, that's it for the most part. Then for dinner, I'm very lucky because Kelsey will make it for me. <laughs> she'll, she'll cook me like I don't know like chicken with rice and vegetables or like you know a steak stir fry or like you know something like that like I don't think that that's unhealthy right no, I would I would say to the contrary I'd say that's a very healthy diet that's pretty close to what I eat honestly so what's wrong was, with me there was no dairy in any of that there's no dairy in anything well, that sometimes you sometimes I'll put like you know if I'm making the scrambled eggs I'll put a little cheese in it Okay, but or, that's not gonna that's not gonna put you over the edge though. I was thinking right, like right, right. you're really having like a glass of whole milk. Yeah, or I'll, I'll put a little cr creamer in the coffee, you know. Yeah, I doubt. I mean, it's possible that you're that sensitive, but I feel like it would have been kind of sussed out by now. What I when I figured out that I was allergic to dairy, I was having like glasses of milk a day and drinking protein shakes. I was I was consuming a lot of dairy, and it was very abundantly right. clear to me that doesn't sound like a dairy allergy. But I mean, hey. Give it, give it a shot. Cut it out for Dude, a month and see. Well, I'm doing no dairy December. I mean, you should try no dairy if you want, but definitely like do Metamucil March and let the people know how that goes. <laughs> I know with Metamucil, though, you got to drink a lot of water. It really dehydrates you. That's a good thing, though. I mean, you got to drink a lot of water anyway in order to make sure that you're kind of processing everything in the right way right and i do and I, I try to have at least you know a couple of like poland spring bottles worth of water a day at least if not i more. love poland springs i wish they had in the midwest there's something about it they don't have it in the midwest it's not like as common as it is in new york like not really? every grocery store would have it not every walgreens or cvs has it like when you find it you buy it well what's your go-to then like at the grocery store like if if, if they don't have well, poland springs i hate I am fortunate enough to have uh, one of those in my fridge that just dispenses water. So I'm not really buying a whole lot of bottled water, but ice for the mountain. Sake of, for the sake of the of the conversation, though, like where like ice like ice work. mountain. If I'm feeling real bougie, I'll go Fiji. I don't give a fuck. Like wow, ice mountain. Wow, this is a conversation though I do have with friends a lot about like the levels of bottled water, the levels of There's ice cream. There's levels to this game for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, I would call Poland Spring, like, that to me, it's not a Mercedes-Benz necessarily, but it's, like, it's good. It's good level. It's upper echelon. Yeah, it is. And it's just not as popular in the Midwest. But real quick, I want to circle back 
to Cleveland and then we can move on. And I know how hard it hit was on you that year. So I don't want to like bring up any like flashbacks, PTSD, but um, a lot of the reason you went to go work there was because you knew you might get a shot at a ring. And um, for the viewers out there, I don't know when you're on a team as a player, possibly like working and maybe as a general manager or on the coaching staff, if you're on the team for half a season and you get traded or cut, and they go on to win a title, you get a ring. If you're on the team when they win a title, and then the very next day the team releases you, you get a ring. As an employee, you're going into that, you probably were thinking, oh, I just got to work through the year, and the second they win a ring, I'm out. And then when you found out that you had to work through next year to get a ring, you quit. Yeah, well, let's back up a bit. So I'll give you just like how this all started. So. The, the way it began was I, there was an, a promotion opportunity in Philadelphia for the same job in Cleveland. I didn't end up getting the Philadelphia job, but I did get the Cleveland job. And I thought to myself, I'm like, well, I don't really want to go to Cleveland, obviously, but they're a really good team. Like they won a ring two years ago. Like I think there's a real shot this time, like potentially. This was before free agency or anything was going on. So I took the job. Uh, my pay was bumped. So it was, you know, it felt like the right thing to do. And I thought, you know, worst case scenario, I can always, you know, I'll, I'll try to really succeed at this. It shouldn't be too hard because LeBron James is there. I'll be able to retain all my clients. And then, you know, I'll, I'll find another job eventually, whenever. Literally, not even two days after I verbally accepted the job. I can't remember if it was verbal or I did sign my letter. Uh, Kyrie Irving got traded to Boston. <laughs> so there immediately I'm like, ah, oh, shit, like, this is how this is going to be, right? Like, I know, I knew from the get-go, I'm like, this is going to be a tough one now. Because what was, what, Isaiah Thomas was the big haul on that? And we, come on, we, we knew Isaiah Thomas wasn't for real, guys. He was right? hurt. He had that hip yeah. injury. Exactly. So I knew immediately some shit was up. And then everything just kind of spiraled from there. And by the end of the season, I mean, I just... I couldn't hold on any longer. It, was, it just became, it became unbearable. And like, what was I going to do? Get reamed out for not renewing more clients that were not going to stay anyway. So it was just like, you know what? I'm going to leave. LeBron James going to follow me out the door. I won't take my ring. The ring isn't even real. It's not real diamonds for the employees. It's, it's like, it's just bullshit. Like they, they put your name on it, which is nice. But it, you know, other than that, it's, it's basically a glorified replica. So, yeah, I had no problem by the end not waiting on the ring. They weren't going to beat Golden State anyway. Yeah, they had no shot that year. I mean, LeBron also basically cleared all the cap space from L.A. in order for him to go there midseason when they got Nance and Clarkson, which is the funny part. Mm-hmm. He exactly. GM'd himself into Los Angeles. Well, that's what he does, and that's what any good superstar player should do. That's what KD and Kyrie did with uh, Kenny Atkinson, just gave him the boot. Yeah. yeah. Kenny Atkinson did not deserve to get fired. He did. He's a good coach. I'm yeah. surprised he, get a, he did not get a head coaching job, did he? No, he didn't. Uh, I mean, he's also still getting paid by Brooklyn, so he'll, he'll wait it out, and pro- maybe next year he'll get hired. But on that note um, – we're going to move into our NBA picks for next season, talk a little basketball, um, make our predictions, and see where this goes. So um, the categories that we have decided are, obviously, we're going to pick our 
our top eight in the West and East. And then there's also some play-in games that we'll talk about, uh, potential matchups that we would see, um, our finals prediction, our finals winner, uh, finals MVP, season MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the year, defensive player in the year, uh, most improved player of the year. And a little draft. Re- uh, we've gone through some draft recap on other shows, but we'll probably end up touching on it. So without further ado, I'd like to let our guest, Alec Nyman, uh, lead us off with his uh, with his eight in the East. My eight in the East. OK, boys. So. I wish I'd love to get like some like, you know, like that ESPN music behind us, you know, like. And then like, you know, like, well, they make the picks like kind of like um, Boomer when he's doing like the, the minute recap. Da, 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 you know? Yeah. You know, you know like, I mean? Did you see that? Did you see that uh, tweet of the guy like rolling the the coronavirus vaccine out? Yeah. And the TNT cares. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, that was pretty so funny. So anyway, all right, let's kick it off with the Eastern Conference. Should I start backwards or should I start from one? Go one down. One down. Okay. So my number one team is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I just think that they're uh, they're still loaded. They improved with with Drew Holiday. Uh, Giannis now getting his contract, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I do think that the team has improved, even if it's just marginally. This is a team that won 60 games in the past. So I feel pretty confident about them still coming out of the East at this point. Still a lot of continuity on the roster. Uh, Budenholzer is a really good coach. So I feel good about the Bucks at one. At two, I got the Brooklyn Nets. It really pains me to say that. Uh, but I don't know if you guys watched KD the other night. He looked pretty sweet, and he dunked. He even dunked a couple times. So I feel at least decent on that end. In addition, the team is still really good and deep. Karis LeVert, uh, Joe Harris, uh, Jared Allen. I like their young players as well. So I do think that they do have the pieces in place. Kyrie Irvin's a bitch. But, I mean, at the end of the day, what can we do? Give me the Nets at two. Then my third is going to be the Miami Heat. Uh, I mean, defending Eastern Conference champions. I just feel like it would be disrespectful to go with them much lower here. I love Jimmy Butler. He's really emerged into, in my opinion, a top 15 to top 10 player in the league. Uh, and especially the clutch gene is big for him. They're, they retain the entire roster, so I can't hate on him. Give me the give me the Miami Heat at three. My number four is going to be the Boston Celtics. Uh, again, another team that uh, that lost Gordon Hayward, but uh, Gordon Hayward broke his hand already, which is kind of, I mean, it's not funny, but like that's the story of his career. So as far as I'm concerned, they added Tristan Thompson, which will be an, a benefit at center for defense. I still think it's pretty much the same team overall. So give me the Boston Celtics at four. Philadelphia 76ers, my former Philadelphia 76ers at five. I think Doc Rivers coming in is going to right the ship quite a bit there. Uh, again, they did make some improvements to the bench, which we knew they needed to. It's all going to depend on how well uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons play on the court together, obviously. But, again, if Simmons can shoot, which I don't know if he ever will, it will make them better. So I'll take the Sixers at five. Then at six, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. I think this is a really improved team, guys. Uh, I, they really killed it in free agency. And Trey Young's an emerging superstar. John Collins is a really good player. They did get Clint Capella last year, who I, I don't even think played at all for them, if, I, if I'm correct. So I, I think that they did make 
really big improvements with veterans coming in, shooters to surround Trey Young. I don't know if they're going to play any defense, but they'll probably average 120 points a game, if you ask me. So give me the Hawks at six. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors at seven. I don't feel like they improved at all, uh, and they lost Marcus Saul, and uh, I think they lost another player as well. Uh, but again, they're really, yeah, they're really well coached. Uh, they're always a threat. Kyle Lowry is a year older, so that's why I dropped them down quite a bit. They did lose players, like I said. So give me the Raptors at seven, and then at eight. And are we going to get into the play-in games here, boys? Yeah. So why don't do you do you want to explain the play-in games, Alex, or do you want do you want one of us to? You guys do it. I'm I'm very new to this concept. Okay. So I've done a little bit of research today. So the NBA is employing a new format for determining the seven and eight seeds. Um, I think they had a lot of success with the play-in games from this past year. Obviously, a little bit of different circumstances that led up to that. But this year, they want to keep that excitement of the play-in alive. So what happens is the teams from both conferences with the seventh and eighth best records within the conference play one another. The winner of that game is given the seventh seed. And then the loser has to play another game. The game that they play against is against the teams that come out of a game played between the ninth and 10th best teams within the conference. So the winner of that 9-10 game plays the loser of the 7-8 game, and the winner of that second game gets the 8 seed. So essentially, the 7 and 8 best record teams just need to win one game, either that first game or that second game, in order to qualify. Or if you're the ninth or 10th seed team, you need to win that 9-10 game and then also that uh, crossover game between the 7th and 8th team. Right. So. so, okay, I'll just give you my 10, a 10 and 9 just so that, like, you know who was beaten. So, all right, I have the Bulls as the number 10 team. Ari, I hope you, yeah. uh, I hope you, I hope you can appreciate that. I actually like what the Bulls are doing uh, from a front office perspective. And again, I don't think there's much roster turnover there. They did add in a few, uh, a few guys uh, that we'll see what happens within the draft. Uh, but again, I, I think they're going to be well coached this year. They're finally going to be well run. So I'll take the Bulls at 10. I'm going to put the Washington Wizards in at nine. Russell Westbrook, you know, year older. Still can score the ball. I think he'll pair well with Bradley Beal, but I just don't think the team is deep enough to get far if they do make the playoffs. So I'll take them at nine. And then the eight team is going to be the Indiana Pacers. And that's with an asterisk because I do think that there's going to be some issues there. I think Victor Oladipo is going to look for a trade. I don't know if they're, you know, if they're in it for the long haul. Of course, they have a new coach this year after getting rid of Nate McMillan. So I'm going to say Pacers at eight for now. But again, it all depends on what happens throughout the season. So I guess we'll see. But that's my Eastern Conference. Again, Bucks, Nets, Miami, Boston, Sixers, Atlanta, Toronto, and Indiana. So, Alex, same with you. I have the Bucks as the one seed. I think they got better with the addition of Drew Holiday. They have Giannis, and again, obviously. But there's not going to be any sort of drama hanging over the team as people wonder whether or not he's going to go somewhere else in free agency. So I think they've gotten rid of the distractions that might have plagued them. They improved their roster. I don't see any reason why they can't be the one seed again. Number two seed. So I have the Boston Celtics. Um, I think that Brad Stevens is a phenomenal coach. 
I think that Tatum and Jalen Brown are stars in this league. I like the Tristan Thompson signing. I think they lost Aaron Baines, but I think Thompson more than makes up for him. That guy is a bruiser. He's a banger. He can roll to the rim. I like them. I love Marcus Smart. I think that entire roster is phenomenal. Um, they did lose Gordon Hayward, but I don't really think that he played any real role on that team. Um, that helped them be the team that they were in the past. So I don't think that loss really hurts them. I think they're the number two seed. Number three. So I think the Sixers are going to surprise a lot of people. So not only did they get Doc Rivers in the offseason, who I think is a huge improvement at coach and can really drive uh, or light a fire, I should say, under Embiid, who, whose motor was kind of questionable through the regular season. But they also added shooters with Danny Green and Seth Curry. Um, shooting was the one area that that team really lacked. And you had two knockdown three-point guys with Green and Curry. They did lose Josh Richardson, but I think you you gain more than you lose with those two shooters. So I like them at the three seed. At four, I like the Nets. There's just too much talent on that team, but I do think that they're going to be some stretches where things might not go so well. Um, Kyrie and KD both have an injury history at this point. I think that regardless of their overall health, it makes sense to kind of keep those guys safe for the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be pushing either of them in the regular season. I think they finish fourth, fifth seed. So in the five spot, I'm going to have the Heat. Um, Alec, you had mentioned a lot of the same points that I would like to make roster pretty much unchanged from last year. You get another year under Harrow's belt. He's a up and coming star. Butler's phenomenal. Bam, I think could have a breakout year. So I like them at the five at the six. I'll put the Raptors, um, coming down to coaching. Nick nurse is going to get the most out of his guys. They're a strong regular season team. Retain Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, another great player. I like them at six. Uh, number seven, I got the Hawks. Um, this team also had a, just a great offseason. They added Bogdan Bogdanovich, who I like quite a bit. Um, and then also getting Rajon Rondo is going to help them. I think that helps them more for the playoffs. I don't think that as a regular season team, they're going to win a ton of games. Uh, but I do think that they'll get into the playoffs as that seven seed. At the eight spot, then I guess I'll have the Wizards. Um, again, yeah, I like Westbrook. I like Beal. I don't think they're super deep, but I think they do win enough games with those two guys. And in a play-in game, I mean, Beal can light up as much as you need in, in Westbrook's and Pollard, too. Um, at nine, I got the Pacers. Um, I think this could be a playoff team if everyone's clicking on all cylinders. But from what I've been hearing... Um, People thought that they were overachieving with McMillan, not underachieving. So by them losing a good coach in McMillan, I don't think it helps them. Um, so I don't think that they make the playoffs for that reason. And then at the 10 spot, I like Orlando. Um, I like Markel Fultz a lot. I think he's got a chance to be a reasonable player in this league. Obviously, he had the bus label attached to him, but he started looking real good last season. Um, I like I like that. Uh, I like that Orlando team at 10. My 10 would be number one. Uh, we are all in agree. It's uh, Milwaukee. They definitely improved with Drew Holiday, and they've squashed all questions on whether uh, Giannis is leaving or not, which brings me to a quick topping point, and I will continue. Uh, I want to make a formal apology to Seth Cooley. Um, <laughs> over the past two years, I have harassed you regarding uh, Giannis and I, I constantly said that he was going to leave during free agency. I was going through one of our texts and I 
I congratulated you on your uh, engagement and you're like, thanks brother. Love you. And I responded by saying Golden State, Dallas, Miami, Toronto. I really like Dallas. Giannis and Luca could be trouble together, but yeah, good luck on your marriage. Um, so I'm sorry for, for bothering you and harassing you the past two years. Um, I really didn't think he was going to stay. I really think he was going to follow the trend and, and superstar leaves small market to go to bigger market to win title. But I really admire the fact that he stays. And I believe down the line, they should be able to get more people to go there in free agency. Um, number two, I really like the Miami Heat. The roster is unchanged. Spolstra is a great coach. They went to the finals last year. I'm really looking for Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to approve. They seem like they have a really good brother on that or brotherhood on that team and very little dysfunction. Um, number three, I like the Brooklyn Nets. It's really hard to put a team with Kevin Durant any lower than that, but there are some questions. First year head coach is Steve Nash, who I, I think is going to be a very good coach, but um, Kyrie Irving is all over the place right now, and it could cause some drama in the locker room. Um, DeAndre or Jordan's kind of old, so they're really going to need Jared Allen to step up. Um, number four, I really like the Hawks this year. Um, wow. they, had, they had a tremendous offseason. And I know we, uh, you know, there were some questions about their defense, but Clint Capella is known for his defense. Uh, DeAndre Hunter was pretty much drafted for his defense. And I arguably think the most underrated signing of free agency may have been Chris Dunn for two years, nine million. If you he was on the Bulls and they didn't he didn't become the player they wanted him to, but he is a tremendous defender and he's never been on a good team. He's not gonna start. He's gonna have Trey Young there to come off the or, and he's gonna come off the bench behind Trey Young and he's gonna D up people when they need him. I think he was second in the league in steals last year, even after missing a ton of time. Um I really think this team has power to go off, and I really think Trey Young is going to take a giant leap this year, and he's going to be in the MVP discussion. Um, number five, Boston. Um, they lost Gordon Hayward, but like Manny said, he didn't really play that big of a role on that team. Um, Philly at six. Uh, I think Philly definitely made some improvements in the offseason. They added shooters and coach. Seven, Toronto, they didn't get better. They, they really did not get better. They lost Gasol and they lost Ibaka, but they were able to retain Van Fleet. Uh, Siakam's an all-star and Nick Nurse is a great coach. I still think they'll be able to get into the playoffs. And for me, it's hard here at eight. Um, I, I would like to say Orlando. They didn't really get better, but they seem to hang around and they've hung around the past two years. Um, and then after that, I would have to say that uh, that ninth seed is Indiana, just purely based off talent. But again, there is some dysfunction there. I think it could go, go downhill quickly. Um, and then that ninth or tenth seed, it's a toss-up between the Bulls and Wizards. But I, I'm going to be a homer, and I'm going to say the Bulls right now because a uh, new coach who's good with young guards – uh, and I, they're going to let Kobe White loose this year. It, it's, a, it's a make or break year for Lowry Marketing, and they've always said with the right coach, he could really, really shine. And if Wendell Carter could stay healthy, I think he's going to be a force in the paint. So Kobe White, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, Lowry Marketing, we'll see what, uh, what Patrick Williams could bring tonight's his first start since high school. So, um, yeah, that, that's my time. 
Ari, have you been drinking our boy Ben Steiner's Kool Aid with the Hawks? I, I'm oh, amazed that you put him at four. The, the, east is, the East is pretty open. I don't think it's as deep as we think, and and I, I really I, I really think this team could shine. I really think they could surprise some people. I like the pick, Ari. I, I actually I was considering putting the Hawks up higher. The only reason I didn't was because defensively, I just I can't see them sticking with teams like the Bucks, like Miami, like Brooklyn. So that was really my only impetus to put them lower. Plus, they don't have playoff experience to this point. But yeah, yeah, I, but I, they don't need they don't need playoff experience to make playoffs. Once yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, sometimes you have to take a stretch. Uh, you know, when you when you look at how the season finishes out most years, it's usually not what people predict. So I'm taking a stretch on the Hawks here. Um, I they may not make the four seed, but I definitely think that they uh, they'll be in the playoffs. Can sure. I ask a question? Yeah, I've 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 a, I've a debate topic. So Manny put Boston in the two spot, correct? Yeah, I did have that number two. My feeling is I agree with you guys. Like Boston didn't, in my opinion, get any better or any worse. They kind of stayed the same. Uh, Tristan Thompson is an upgraded center, but again, he's not a modern big by any stretch. So I don't know, like, when is Boston going to shit or get off the pot? Because they're always in it. They're always, you know, they're a conference final team, uh, you know, consistently over the last few years. And they do have young superstars. But are they a player away? Are they a couple developing pieces away? Like, what is it going to take to get them over the hump at this point? So I think if you look at last year's playoff, they were – very close to pushing Miami further than they did. I mean, you have Bam out of bios, game-saving block against Tatum. I think if you run that 10 times, Tatum dunks it six. That was just an incredible play by Bam, and that was kind of a turning point of that series, I think. I have a lot of confidence in Jason Tatum. I think he's going to be a top 10 player this year without a doubt. He's a dog. He can get you buckets. He can defend at an elite level. I, I just really like him a lot. And then on the other side of things, you also have Jalen Brown, who complements Tatum as well. Just another very aggressive, consistently scoring wing, also defends at a high level. I just like those two guys a lot. You you also have Marcus Smart. I think they're developing. Those guys are so young. Jason Tatum, only 19. Um, you know, maybe this is his year. I'm, I'm kidding about him being 19. He's probably, what, 23 now at this point. But I mean... 20. They're, they're young, and they're they're getting better. I like that development a lot. I, I think they're trending in the right direction. That's why I like them at two. Fair enough. I was just curious. Oh, yeah. I, I like the Celtics, though. Um, and Stevens they're also. Never a, they're never a bad pick. Like, they're never a wrong pick, but they never win the big game. Like I, I And I get that they're still young. Part of the reason why I'm a little frustrated with them, I think, is because they've got these young players that are, that are amazing, obviously. And... They've had all this cap room for all these years because of the way that they've acquired assets, you know, through trades, like especially what they did with Brooklyn in that KD Paul Pierce trade. Mm -hmm. But it seems like they never get the big free agent to come while these guys are still on rookie deals. And I think it's going to eventually hinder their ability to have flexibility uh, when you're talking about the fact they already signed Kemba Walker. It's a big deal. Jalen Brown got his big extension. So I feel like the window for them to truly dominate the East 
while it's it's not shrinking necessarily because you do have developing stars, I feel like their ability to do a lot in free agency and like really make splashes has kind of shrunk. Oh, so yeah. given their cap situation. So I feel like they should have been able to take advantage of more in the past couple of years and they haven't, if if that makes sense. If you look at their free agency signings over the last few years, they did land guys, but they just weren't the right guys for them. They get Gordon Hayward, who has the freak injury minutes into his tenure as a Celtic. God knows what could have happened if he stayed healthy and was the player that he was in Indiana for Boston. So I I give them a pass for that. Or sorry, yeah, in Utah. He is from Indiana. And then the other guy that they had was Horford, which just never panned out for them at all. Um, and then they had to get rid of him. So, I mean, they get these guys, but they just weren't the right guys. I think the, I think what they have in house though, with smart, um, Tatum and Brown is just three studs though. And those guys are dogs in the playoffs. And Kemba Walker's an all-star. He is, he is. But it's kind of like in the NFL, like when you have your quarterback on the rookie contract, mm-hmm. like you surround him with just, you know, beasts, whether it's weapons or defense. I feel like – Yeah, but Boston, none of them are on rookie contracts anymore. Right, exactly. Have I feel like the extensions kicked in yet, though? That. I don't know yeah, that their extensions have. But it still counts. and it's Yeah, but it's it, it still, like, counts as cap going down the line. Yeah, right. that's that's true. Right, that, and that's my point with the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on over to the Western Conference. Alec, would you like to lead us off? Certainly. So, I'm a big LeBron James guy. And with no surprise, the Lakers are going to be my number one. I just feel that they're, they did improve a bunch getting Montrez Harrell, uh, former sixth man of the year. And I, other than that, the roster uh, coming back, I do think the, uh, the bench is a little bit stronger than what it was last year. And I know... Given their cap situation, the flexibility isn't always there. So I am, I, I do think they made some right moves for sure. Dennis Schroeder is going to be really nice there. Potential six man of the year candidate, I would gander uh, or, or I would gather. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Lakers in the one. I just can't bet against my guy LeBron or my guy AD. So I'm going to go Lakers there. Number two, this might surprise some people. I'm going to go with the Denver Nuggets at number two. Uh, I just, I love the way these guys play. They get better every season. Jokic and Jamal Murray, that's going to be a tandem that we're going to have for a long time, hopefully. And they're just – every year it's better and better and better. I love the, uh, the fact they've returned almost everyone except Jeremy Grant. So uh, I, I just like the continuity with that roster, and I think they're just getting better. And Michael Porter Jr. as well is a real candidate to break out for this upcoming season. So give me the Denver Nuggets at two. Number three, I'm going to go with the Clippers. I have them falling a slot from last year. The reason being is the coaching change. Uh, I know that Doc Rivers kind of had a bad rap at the end there, but he, at the end of the day, he is Doc Rivers, and you can't you can't hate Doc Rivers given you know his history. So, if you ask me, I think the coaching change will make a bit of a negative uh, come there uh, come to uh, the Clippers. I do obviously love the core, uh, great defensive team, obviously, Paul George getting paid. So I think the continuity will be there. I'm not saying they're going to be a team that's like one and done in the playoffs or anything, but I do give the Denver Nuggets a slight edge. So I'm going to go with the Clippers at three. Uh, I'm going to go with the Utah Jazz at four. 
another team I really like, Donovan Mitchell. Love that guy. Uh, at, you know, uh, I, Rudy Gobert, they seem to have gotten on the same page last year after the whole COVID incident. Uh, so I, I just like the Utah Jazz, I, I, another team with continuity. The small market teams, they usually have to, uh, given the fact they struggle to attract the big names. So I do like the Utah Jazz at four this year. Number five, I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. I really like Luka Doncic for a lot of reasons. I know uh, my guy Kristaps Porzingis is going to miss some time, but I think he'll be back and he will help him out. Uh, I do like what Dallas is doing. Rick Carlisle is a great coach. They did lose Seth Curry. I don't think it's going to kill him. So give me the Dallas Mavericks number five. Luka Doncic, just, I think he's going to just rise and make this team great uh, to another level this year. I got the Portland Trailblazers at six. I think uh, Damian Lillard is the most underrated player in the NBA. I, I think it's it's sad that he plays in the Western Conference and gets no love for the all-star teams and everything like that. Put him in the East. I mean, he's going to be the best point guard in the Eastern Conference, if you ask me. So uh, Portland, they're bringing back most of the same guys as well. Uh, Hoodie Mello looking pretty good in preseason. So, And I got love for Carmelo, as you guys know, my New York guy. So I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers at six. The Houston Rockets at seven. This is kind of an interesting one. They're kind of a uh, they're kind of a dark horse. I do actually like forgetting all the saga with James Harden uh, and Russell Westbrook. I do I did like the moves they made. I like Christian Wood coming in. Uh, he's kind of a modern big guy who can shoot. He's athletic and long. So I do like I do like some of the moves they made. Uh, given their cap situation is crazy and they have no assets. So I do like the Houston Rockets. It's going to be interesting to see what James Harden gives them, if anything at all. So I think this is another one of those that has the asterisks on it. But if all things being equal, James Harden's there and he's playing and he's committed, you can't write off James Harden and his ability to score the ball. So give me the Houston Rockets at seven. It is quite a fall for them. Then number eight, Sam Manheimer. Give me the Golden State Warriors at eight. I like them this year, even without Klay Thompson. I think if you have a healthy Steph Curry, you bring in Kelly Oubre to be another wing. Andrew Wiggins, a full season on that roster. I think he's really going to improve, and I do think he's going to be well-coached and motivated. And, of course, you got Draymond and now James Wiseman, who I think will be a really nice pick-and-pop option or pick-and-roll player with, uh, with Steph Curry. So I do like... Uh, Golden State here. So give me Golden State at eight. At nine, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Pelicans. I do really like how the Pelicans are shaping out. Uh, obviously, if Zion is healthy, the sky is the limit. Young team, and they were competing last year for the eight. So I do think they're going to do the same this year. And so give me the Pelicans at, uh, I guess, nine. And then 10, this was a tough one for me, but I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies. I like where they're going. They're, they've taken a roster with really just headlined by Ja Morant, and they really have turned the team uh, around. So I do like uh, I do like where they're headed. I really wanted to put the Phoenix Suns here, but I do think that uh, Devin Booker, if things don't go well, I do think Devin Booker is going to try to get out this year. All he has to do is say the word, and his man Leon Rose can come get him. <laughs> Not saying it's going to happen, but in my dreams it'll happen. So. I can't put the Suns in for that reason, so I'm going to put Memphis there at 10. So give me uh, – that's my that's my uh, Western Conference. I got Lakers, Denver, 
Clippers, Utah, Dallas, Portland, Houston, Golden State with the Pelicans and the Suns in the play. Uh, sorry, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies in the playing games. So, Alec, I am actually a little bit surprised because your playoffs in the West are practically identical to mine. So I'll, I'll take you through mine. So top three are the exact same. So I think Lakers, surefire one seed. That team is just the rich get richer when it comes to Los Angeles. They get Marcus Saul. They get Schroeder. You retain Braun. This guy, Talon Horton Tucker, that everyone's talking about. I mean, if he can give any minutes, like that is going to be a big push. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Lakers do. Obviously, as a Warriors fan, I don't like them. But that team is damn good, and it would be foolish not to put them number one. Number two, got the Nuggets also. Um, I have a selfie with Michael Porter Jr. I saw him at a gym in Chicago one time, and I went and got a picture with him. I am bullish on his development. I mean, he is at his peak offensively, close to Kevin Durant, seven-footer with length, ability to score the basketball. Jamal Murray, fantastic superstar. Jokic probably a top five player at this point, or at least he can be. Um, I, I love that Nuggets team. Three, got the Clippers. I think they got a little bit better with uh, Ibaka coming in, but then you also just can't count out um, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Those guys are studs. I like them at three. Number four, Alec, you and I uh, flip actually. So I have the Mavericks there. Um, I think Luka is going to have an MVP level season this year. We'll get to picks there in a bit, but I think, Luca's going to prove that he's a superstar in this league this year, and he's going to get some success. They got Josh Richardson, who I like a lot. That's a that's a wing defender. Um, and yeah, once they get Kristaps back, that team's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, at five, I have the Utah Jazz. I'm not a huge fan of this team, to be completely honest. I don't really like the way Gobert plays. It's not it's not enjoyable to me. But Donovan Mitchell is a stud. Um, I like Jeremy Clarkson a lot. He's a six-man-of-the-year candidate, just a flamethrower off the bench. That team's going to be tough to contend with in the regular season. At six, I also have the Blazers. Um, I could go on at length about how much I love Damian Lillard, but him and McCollum are two nice guards, basically as, as good as any backcourt in the league. Um, plus, you have Yusuf Nurkic. That, that team really has it all inside and out. At seven, so I have the Warriors. The reason being, I think that the Warriors get into the playing game and I think they play the Rockets. And there's a history of success in Golden State against Houston. And I don't think that that pattern uh, goes away this year. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see what James Wiseman can bring to the roster. He hasn't participated in any of the uh, preseason games to this point yet. But I mean, from what we've been hearing out of camp, he's a stud. He can move. He can defend. He has a lot of energy on the court. He's going to be a great pick and pop guy with Steph. I love the addition of Ubre. Um, I think that he brings so much energy on the defensive end. He's going to really fill the shoes that Clay Thompson's left. Um, he'll guard anybody on the perimeter. So excited to see what he does. At eight, I do have the Rockets. I think they lose to the Warriors in the play-in game, but I mean, you just cannot count out James Harden. He is one of the best scorers in the league. One of the best the league's ever seen. Um, love the Christian Wood acquisition. And then John Wall. I mean, people forget how good John Wall can be. And I don't think this roster is especially deep, but just that two-headed monster at guard that you have a Harden and Wall, that, that team's going to be a lot to contend with. And then just missing out on the playoffs, I have the Suns a nine. I think with Chris Paul, he's going to get a lot out of Aiton that Aiton hasn't necessarily been tapped into yet. He can get 
the best out of anyone being being Paul, um, just a point guard. So I like them at nine, just missing out. And then at 10, I have the Pelicans. I like Stan Van Gundy a lot. I think that, that team is going to be fun to watch. Zion, hopefully he plays a lot of games. If he does, they're going to win a lot of them. Um, but also love Brandon Ingram and, and J.J. Redick, Jackson Hayes. That, that roster is actually pretty well-rounded. I think they're still a, a year or two away from contending in the playoffs, but I think they get close this year and they, they just miss out in the 10 spot. So I got Lakers, Nuggets, Clips, Mavs, Jazz, Lakers, or Blazers, Warriors, Rockets, Suns, and Pelicans. With Suns and Pelicans missing out. I like that. All right. So I have uh, similar. We I think we were all agreeing some of the number one seeds in the East and West. I also have the Lakers. I think Carroll was a huge uh, huge addition to them, and it's you know kind of says a lot that he jumped from the Clippers, who are also title contenders across town, going to the Lakers. Um, at number two, I do have the Clippers. Um, they were able to replace Harrell with Ibaka, who was pretty good. They changed up their coach to Ty Lue, who was sitting on the bench last last year. So we'll see how that goes. But um, I think Paul George was catching a lot of heat for how he played in the bubble, which was very bad. But he's also a tremendous player and a great defender. And with him and Kawhi, I, real, I really think they're going to get their head around it this year. And, and I think they're going to be a much better team than they were last year. Number three, Denver. Phenomenal team. Well coached. Jamal, J- Jamal Murray and Jokic. Um, and I know we touched on uh, Michael Porter Jr., his untapped potential. He could really break out this year. But something that Denver's done with three players in particular, I see is MPG, Bull, uh, yeah, MPG, Bull Bull, and RJ Hampton. Um, they've drafted the guys that people were, you know, either passed on or a little skeptical of. MPG, MPG had an injury, and um, – there was some concern around that, and he sat out his, fir- his first year in the league. He played last year as a rookie. and was great. Bull Bull had looked pretty good in the bubble, and there's a lot of reports coming out of that camp that he's really, really improved. And R.J. Hampton, top recruit out of, uh, out of high school, but went overseas, and I think in a way it may have hurt his draft stock a little bit. He fell into the teens, but uh, Denver has him now, and they don't need him to be good right away. But overall, I think Denver is a just phenomenal team. Number five, I'm going to move them up this year. I'm going to put Portland at five. Uh, they had some injuries last year. They're going to have a full season of mellow this year. Damian Lillard is just incredible. He really could put that team on his back. They got Nurkic back. I know they had Hassan Whiteside last year, but at times he could be a little inefficient. But I, I think Nurkic is a better fit for that team. And number six, I'm going to put Dallas. I don't think their team is really that deep uh, and they're going to have Kristaps gone for a while, but Luca is just on another level. And I, I really think he's going to be able to put that team on his back. I know it's a little easier said than done, but he, he is truly incredible and they have a great coach. Uh, number seven. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, one, two, three, four. Portland is four. Dallas is five. I'm going to put Utah at six. Um, they do have a really good uh, home home court advantage that is not there anymore without the fans being there. Um, they didn't really improve a whole lot in the offseason. Uh, I think some of those Western Conference teams are a little better. 
Go Gobert is good, but Donovan Mitchell seems to do a lot of the heavy lifting on that team. They have shooters. I could see them finishing up in, in four, possibly three, but for now I'm going to leave them at six. Um, number seven, with James Harden there, you cannot cut out Houston. We'll see how well they function together. Um, if I'm Houston, I'm not trading him, even though he's asked for a trade, that he still has two years left on his contract and he has to play. See if you see if you could get him to change his mind, but he's too good of a player to just let him leave like that. And if he sits out, he doesn't get paid. So I would keep him on that team and with them that with him there, they are a playoff team. And number eight, um, I am going to put the Warriors in at eight uh, with a healthy step back. It just anything is possible. I do see a lot of improvement coming from Andrew Wiggins this year. Kelly Oubre is great, and people forget about Draymond. I know he's not an elite scorer, but he is a great defender and a good rebounder. At nine, I'm going to put Phoenix. I could also see Phoenix sliding into that eight. Um, I do think Chris Paul is an improvement, and we saw it last year with Oklahoma City, how a lot of people really counted them out, and Chris Paul played great. I really see Aiton taking a massive step this year. Um, I did a, I, Sam knows I, I'm, I'm going to – competitive fantasy basketball keeper league and I, I have Aiton and I did some research and he, he averaged a double double as a rookie and the other people that have done that including Carl Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dwight, Dwight Howard these are these are all Hall of Famers and if we're going to say that like I think Aiton can play to Hall of Fame caliber I really do think he's that dominant um, but last year he got off to a rough start with the suspension and PEDs but uh, he finished strong, and the Suns were phenomenal in the bubble. They went 8-0, but they still weren't able to make the playoffs, and I think Chris Paul will, will, will really help them win some games this year. And then uh, at that 10 seed, uh, I got to go with Nola as long as Zion's healthy. The sky's the limit. Uh, Eric Bledsoe is a little bit of a down downgrade from George Hill or uh, uh, Drew Holiday, but Brandon Ingram is there. Uh, they do have Steven Adams now, and they have Jackson Hayes and Nick, Nicole Alexander-Walker coming off the bench. So they have a lot of young guys there that could be an improve, could improve. But if Zion stays healthy, I, re I really do think this team has a lot of room to run with. Oh, you gave up on your guy Lonzo? Uh, if this, is, this is really a make-or-break year for Lonzo. Um, I did not mention him there. He – he wasn't my pick, but he is in my talks for most improved player. Um, oh. But he he is a baller, and he's a he is a great passer, and he's a great playmaker like his brother. Um, but it it is make or break. It, re it really is this year. I feel like if he doesn't have a great year, uh, New Orleans might not pick up his option. I can see it. I, I think. Yeah, at his best, he's one of the best passers in the league, but at his worst, he's a streaky shooter who doesn't really threaten you from outside. If he if he can get that jump shot down and a three-pointer down, I think he's a well above average guard, but yeah, otherwise he's just kind of another guy in the league. But hey, I mean, Drew Holiday's gone. They they need him to make plays this year. And if he's been working hard in the offseason, like, you know, they have a good team. So mm -hmm. we'll we'll see what happens. But I, I do think they downgraded. Uh, Steven, having Steven Adams there will, will help Zion a little stay off the post. I'm interested to see how that plays out because I, I see Adams and Zion taking up a lot of each other's space just because Zion bangs down low and so does Adams. So, I mean, it, it is a very, very intimidating front court to go at. Though. 
probably the two strongest guys in the league. Yeah. All right. Well, I think yeah, we pretty much were in agreement on most of those teams in both the East and the West. Um, so let's go through some of our projections for some of the individual awards, and then we can get into champions and finals and whatnot. So, Alec, why don't you let's let's go um, award by award, and what we'll, we'll discuss. So, starting from the bottom, who do you have winning the scoring title? Scoring title, I have Russell Westbrook, and Whoa. the reason. The reason I have Russell Westbrook is because he's going – the way I compare this is when Westbrook was averaging a triple-double uh, that year when uh, KD left, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he was the, really the only guy there. And I know he's got Bradley Beal on the team this year, but the scoring load is really going to be put on him for uh, the majority of this season. I liken this to a situation where. Um, this is the ball is going to continue to travel in uh, in Washington this year. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of one on ones uh, with uh, with Russ and you know kick into Beal for example. It's just not a deep team, and I really think he, he's going to be relied on to do a lot of the heavy lifting. So that's why I have Russell Westbrook as scoring champion again. He did average close to twenty eight points a game last year in the West. He's coming to an easier conference in the East. I really feel like he's going to have his way. And I do think this is going to be at age, I believe now 33 for Russell Westbrook. This is really going to be the final year where we see that peak Westbrook uh, scoring passing skills that we've come to know. So give me Russell Westbrook for the scoring champ. A little out of the box, but I wanted to give it to you. I took him in fantasy this year, so I hope you're right. I am bearish on that i i mean i do you, you I, I don't even know if he's going to lead his own team in scoring let alone the league yeah but who's gonna be holding the balls manny he's gonna be holding the ball yeah, i did look bradley beer was bradley beal was 10 last year and Westbrook was nine in scoring so i, I again I, it's just a weak bench uh they're you know they're coming in with uh i don't know thomas bryant starting at center i think and uh i don't Wagner. Wagner. I mean, again, like I just don't. I see it. I, I see this as a situation where Rus Russell Westbrook is going to be hucking up like twenty-five to thirty shots a game. So, you know, given that he he tends to be erratic and at times inefficient, I I happen to think you'll see him going to the free throw line a lot. You'll see a lot of those erratic rush shots where he walks the ball up the floor and just takes the three. I think you're going to see that Russell Westbrook this year. So, you know. <laughs> That's why I have this pick. I could be totally off. I also didn't want to go with uh, with the um, potential consensus picks. I like to go a little outside the box. So we'll yeah. see if I'm right. I don't know. So I uh, I took the other path. I'm going Harden, former teammate of Russ. I mean, if you look at last year's scoring, Harden led by a pretty wide margin. I don't really see that changing this year. Um, obviously, you have uh, John Wall coming in. But I mean, if you if you look at last year's precedent, I don't think that Wall takes up more possessions than Westbrook would have. Um, so I think Harden's able to retain his scoring title. I didn't want to do it. I don't like James Harden that much, but I mean, he's a, just an absolute pure scorer and a flamethrower on his best nights. He can give you 50 after a bender in Vegas or Atlanta or wherever wherever the party is. He is unstoppable as a scorer. I like him. You look like the other day, Dwayne Waite. 
Yeah, I mean, not not good. There was another picture, though, in his defense from the previous day where he did look much skinnier. So I think that they caught him at a bad angle. We've all been there. We've all had a bad shot of us. I think I think that was a He's stocky, shot. though. He's always been stocky. They say they also say TV adds 15 pounds. Stocky Pippin. Um, <laughs> so like Manny, it, it's re- it's really hard to to pass on James Harden. Uh, it's just he averaged 34 points a game last year, and I think John Wall is way less of a ball hog than than Russell Westbrook is, and I think he's gonna have the ball more. Um, he could just put up numbers, but if I'm gonna go on a super out there pick, I'm going to take Trey Young. And the reason I, I, I'm taking Harden, but on just kind of a, a reach, I would say Trey Young because of how good of a scorer he was last year. And I could see the improvement this year. But also, Atlanta has so many shooters now that when they go out, when they when they bring the ball down court, they're going to have to guard those shooters. They cannot leave them open. And it's just going to create a lot of space on the floor. And it, it, Atlanta is going to be a tough team to guard. But uh, I, I, I really, despite the trade rumors, I don't see Harden slowing down. I really don't. I don't either. I like the Trey uh, Young alternative. I think he, he was one of the guys that I kind of went back and forth with too. Yeah, um, too. That team's gonna score so much like that. I mean, they're gonna get they're gonna get scored on quite a bit, but they're gonna score with any team in the league. I like your point about this floor spacing. I mean, Trey Young is going to have a lot of good looks and he's a knockdown shooter, can score from anywhere, multi-dimensional player. Yeah, I, I like that as an alternate. All right, so I think we I think we settled that on scoring. Um, well, let's move on to sixth man of the year. Alec, why don't you uh, kick us off? Sixth man of the year. This was a tough one because I don't really know how uh, lineups are going to be drawn up at this point. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to speculate. So if we're just going off pure speculation, my guy for sixth man of the year is going to be Kevin Herter in Atlanta. I just, this to me is like a prototypical sixth man, you know, a guy who can come in, just get a bucket off the bench, hit the hit threes. He can hit contested threes. He can even do, uh, you know, a, a bit of a step back dribble move. So I do like where he's going to be at. He's going to be put into a situation where the pressure is not going to be on to necessarily score with the first team, given the fact that now they have Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, um, a few other guys that were added in free agency. So I like the fact that he might have the ability now to potentially come off the bench if he doesn't start. And uh, I I just think the guy is a bucket at the end of the day. I think he's going to get his scoring average up to around 15 this year. And typically in six man of the year, that – the 15 point mark is the mark you're looking for at a minimum. So I do think he's going to get there. No problem. I think he's going to be uh, again, a 40% shooter from three and let's see if he can add a little bit more to his offensive game, maybe with the passing, maybe with the, uh, maybe with uh, scoring off the dribble and again, adding the defense is a key uh, as well. But I do think Kevin Herter is not going to go anywhere, but up shooters in this league. If you can shoot, you're going to be good. You're going to be valuable. So I do like them, just like I like the Haw- I do like the Hawks this year. So I think, given that trending up, I like Herder for sixth man. I like that pick. Um, so I'm going to go probably a little bit more of a traditional route here, and I'm going to say Tyler Harrow. I was looking at some of the odds. He's got reasonably high odds to to win this, but I love. Does he start made. though? Uh, I think he comes off the bench. Um, cause I think they, they start Butler and Duncan and I think Harrow comes off. 
or at least that's what it's projected to be. But Maybe it, I think they start Goran Dragic, but he was starting. Uh, yeah. He was starting in the finals. All right. Couldn't you're right. You're right. Might be. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So I like I like Harrow a lot. I mean, Alec, you you mentioned that kind of 15 point mark. I think Harrow gets there on a basically nightly basis when he's going up against second units. It's going to be a tough tough guy to guard. He can take you to the basket at will. I like him a lot. Um, kind of as an alternate. So this is pure speculation, and it comes down to lineups. But I was reading up on the Nets. If Karis Levert comes off the bench, I think he's a serious contender for sixth man of the year, just because he's another guy who can go out and get you a bucket. And from a skill perspective, that guy could start on another team. Uh, but I mean, with the Nets having Dinwiddie and Irving, I mean, that's a and Joe Harris, that's a very solid guard heavy lineup. So I like Karis Levert coming off the bench and, and scoring quite a bit for that Nets team. But my pick is going to be uh, Tyler Harrow. Um, well, my pick was going to be uh, Dennis Schroeder. And I was looking at the rosters. And it seems like he might be starting on the Lakers this year. So, like, again, we don't know how these rosters are going to be constructed. But uh, I'm going to go with my man. Uh, I, I think Lou Williams has a good shot at winning it again, um, especially if the Clippers are better than they were last year. I mean, he's a walking bucket. Um, I know he's won it a few times, but the the Clippers have high expectations this year, and I, I do believe they will meet those expectations. And if Lou Williams can play great, I think he can win it. Yeah, I think he's the odds-on favorite to win right now, so that's a that's a good pick, Hari. All right, let's move on to Coach of the Year. Alec, why don't you go? All right, well, I'm going to stay consistent, guys. I've been picking the Hawks a lot today, so I'm going to go with Lloyd Pierce. And I think he's going to get it because I just think the jump that Atlanta is going to take this year is going to be so massive that uh, that they won't have a cho- they won't have a choice but to give it to him. This is a guy who is uh, who's been lauded for his player development skill. Uh, the fact that he's gonna he's coming into a situation where he can get the Hawks not just into the playoffs but into a potential first round home court advantage potentially, uh, depending on how things go. I think that's just a huge huge plus for his resume. And every pretty much every player he's worked with to this point has taken strides in some way or another. And I think that's only going to continue this year. I like the fact that they added some veterans that are going to help with that development of these younger players. So as far as I'm concerned, you could give it to the coach who wins the most games. I know that that's popular to do. I always like to give it to the coach who takes the biggest jump from non-playoffs to playoffs in a, in a, in a conference where there's really a lot that's right for the taking. So give me Lloyd Pierce for coach of the year. I really like him a lot. I like that. I like the bullishness on the Hawks. I mean, I already had them four. I mean, if they get to that four spot, I definitely think that the league would have to look at Lloyd Pierce as a serious candidate. Um, and the voters would as well, obviously. Um, I got Doc Rivers. So I was a little bit higher on the Sixers than you guys were in my projections. I had him finishing third in the East. I think where that team has been is a very, it's a team with untapped potential. I mean, you have, one of the best bigs in the league with Embiid. You have one of the best wing defenders in Simmons, as well as one of the best floor generals. You add additional pieces to that team. And I think with the right coaching mixture, 
they can have a lot of regular season success. Um, some of what's held them back in the past has been effort. I mean, if you're getting Embiid on a nightly basis, night in, night out, that's that's a tough team to beat on in the regular season and in the playoffs. So I like I like Doc getting the most out of the roster. I like him winning. Um, like Nyman, I also have Lloyd Pierce. Uh, I really think that the Hawks are going to take a giant step this year, and they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And you know, it. it like Diamond said, it's it's popular to give it to the te- the coach with the most wins, but I also agree if the Hawks can make it in that four or five seed area, I, I really do think he could get coach of the year. Yeah, I have a hard time believing that the voters would give it to either Budenholzer, well, just butcher that one, Budenholzer or Vogel. Like Giannis and LeBron are clearly the two leaders on those teams. So I, I don't think the team that wins the most games gets the coach of the year. So I, li- I like that Lloyd Pierce from you guys. So moving on, let's get to defensive player of the year. Alex. All right. So this was a pick that I have been, uh, I have really been saying this. I've been singing this guy's praises on defense since he got to the league and nobody focuses on it because they focus on one particular aspect of this guy's game. And that guy is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is an elite defensive player. He can guard one through five. He led the league in steals, I think, a couple years ago. This is a guy who's long and rangy and who can guard the best player on any team, no matter the position, like I had said before. Everyone focuses on the fact that the guy can't shoot a jump shot outside of five feet. That's fair, 100%. Don't don't criticize his defense and don't make it, you know, don't not give him the award because he can't shoot. Ben Simmons, this guy consistently does it on defense. And I, I really like it. I really like what I see from him. I saw him in his first season in Philly when I was there and I've been watching him ever since. So I'm going to give Ben Simmons defensive player of the year. I know Embiid is really the bullish one in that uh, locker room as far as wanting to win it, but he doesn't play enough games. Simmons going to play the full season. If you ask me, I think he's healthy. I don't know if he's going to, I don't know if he's going to, you know, be able to do anything offensively other than in transition or, and with the ball in his hands. But uh, from a defensive perspective, he is grade a in my book. So give me Ben Simmons. Yeah. I like that. Pick. I had a feeling one of you guys were really going to take him um, probably the best perimeter defender in the league at this point. And yeah, like you said, that ability to switch one through five. So I have another pretty versatile player um, for my DPOY pick. I have Bam out of bio. I think he's another guy who is able to switch and cover a lot of positions, but he's also just such a cerebral player. He's young, but he's developed such a good feel for the game. He's long. He's able to defend the rim. He can break up passes. Um, I like, I like Bam to win it. Um, So, the easy one would be to say Giannis again, but I have the same pick as Manny, and I do have Bam. And he, like he said, he could switch on a lot of people. But last year, he was the best defender against Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you saw that in the regular season, and you saw that in the bubble when they played the Heat in the um, in the playoffs in the bubble. He did a real, real nice job of sticking with them. So did Jimmy Butler, but. You know, Bam is one of those players that's continually growing. He's going into his fourth or fifth year in the league. I want to say fourth. He's still very young, and and I think 
the Heat are going to be good this year, and we're going to they're going to oftentimes put them against the best forward and big man. So we'll see what happens there. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that as well. All right, so let's get into the most improved player. I like I like you were you were talking yourself up on this one as a yeah. A hot I really was struggling with this one, guys, like because there were a lot of picks I had in mind. And there, there are so many guys. I know Michael Porter Jr. is a very hot name. He was the one I initially thought about uh, for this one. And I do think he has a good shot at it. But I had to. I had to do one homer pick tonight. So I am going to give most improved player to R.J. Barrett. And the reason I'm going to give it to R.J. Barrett is because – he was completely snubbed from our rookie team this past year. He averaged, I, I believe it was 14 points a game. But yeah, percentages were down. He missed games due to injury. And I think he would even tell you it was a disappointment from his rookie season perspective. But he, what the good news is, he's on a Knicks team that is really devoid of any consistent scoring, any consistent playmaking and defense. So with Tom Thibodeau, who has developed a bunch of guys in the past into really nice players... I do think the stage is set for R.J. Barrett to have a really good season. Uh, He's going to be relied on as, if not the number one, definitely the number two option in this offense. I do think he's going to get that scoring average up to at least 19 points per game this year. Whether he's able to shoot the three consistently or not, I'm not concerned with that necessarily. If he can shoot 33 to 34% from three this year, I will take it. Um, and if he's able to score consistently at around like 43% from the floor, I'll be fine with that as well. I love my Knicks. It's been a really hard life, guys, and I would just love to see RJ take the step this year. I really do think he's going to. He does have a killer instinct as far as his uh, his nose for the basket. He He's very crafty. Not necessarily the best athlete out there, but he has a little bit of craftiness and like not James Harden, but I can see a little James Harden in him uh, very early on. He's obviously only 19 years old. So it's going out on a limb, but I love my Knicks. I love R.J. Barrett. He's playing. He's coming in motivated this year. Give me R.J. Barrett, most improved player this year. I love it. Knicks are back. You heard it here first. Uh, let's not go there, guys. <laughs> we got a long way from being back. But my New York Knicks, they're going to make some strides, hopefully. I don't know. I like it. I like it. So I also went back and forth on, on one guy and, and landed on another. So I was thinking Zion as a potential candidate for this. And I moved off of it because if you look at the games that he played last year, he was pretty dominant. Um, I think if he played a full rookie season, it'd be hard to make the case that he's going to make a big jump off of that. He already averaged, I think, like 20 points a game, pulling down a lot of boards. His efficiency numbers are off the chart. Um He's just getting point blank and scoring. I don't think that he's going to make a huge jump. I'm just hoping that he's healthy. So my pick is not Zion, but rather it is the guy that you mentioned initially, Alec. It's Michael Porter Jr. Um, his He's going to be a starter this year for the first time. And, I mean, he didn't play his first year in the league because of injuries. But last year he showed a lot of flashes. Mike Malone was not able to trust him on defense. And that is the big knock on him. Um, he needs to bring more effort on that end of things. But if he's able to be an adequate defender. He has all of the ability in the world to score the basketball and he's going to be relied on to score. Um, He's going to have a lot of open looks. Jokic is going to be able to get him the ball. I like him a lot to win it. 
Um, mine is a guy that I touched on earlier and I'm very bullish on, and it's going to be DeAndre Ayton. Um, if you look at the numbers, he was averaging 20 and 10 last year, and he is he is a monster. I've seen him play twice in person and just up close. He is just a mammoth of a human being. He's 7'7", seven, seven, uh, extremely strong. He could shoot. He has Chris Paul there for the pick and pop now. I think, I really, really think he could be 23 points plus and 12 to 14 rebounds a game this year if he stays healthy. He's had injury issues and he had the suspension. I think if he gets a full year ahead of him, I think he's going to be dominant. I think he's going to be an all-star. So that is my candidate for uh, um, most improved player of the year. Yeah. All right, Alec, who do you like for rookie of the year? So I really went back and forth on this one too. It's This is a very different year for rookies. We didn't have an NCAA tournament to watch these guys play and potentially have an opportunity to really give them different set of grades. A bunch of guys uh, opted out uh, in the middle of the season or weren't playing in the United States. So this is just like a weird season uh, for rookie of the year. So I'm just going to kind of go with my gut on this. And I, I went through about three or four names. But the guy I'm going to go with is James Wiseman. And the reason I'm going to go with James Wiseman is simply put – uh, the team he's playing on. He's going to be, he's coming in, he's going to be coached by Steve Kerr, who obviously is a top three to five coach in the league uh, without a doubt. And I mean, he's coming in with arguably the best point guard playmaker in the league as well. And Steph Curry. So I, I can't knock this. Uh, I can't knock the situation he's in that he, he's obviously going to be relied on much more now to become a part of that offense, given the fact that Clay Thompson isn't there. Uh, I also think that uh, he, he's coming in with an NBA body. A lot of these guys, like whether be it Lamella Ball or another, you know other high picks, they come in more as projects. I do think James Wiseman was consensus best player in the country coming into college, and had he played the full season, I don't think it would have changed. I, I think he's he's ready to go. The situation is there for him. I really didn't like the fact that the Warriors picked at number two instead of trading for, you know, a more established player uh, to come in and help them win now. But the fact that they did just shows how much they believe in this kid. That's an organization that makes good decisions. So I do believe in James Wiseman for Rookie of the Year this year. Alec, like you, I needed to have a homer pick. So I also went with Wiseman um, for many of the reasons that you listed. I think historically the Warriors haven't really gotten a whole lot of production out of the center position. Um, back in the 2014, 2015 years, we had Bogut, who was a very sound defender um, and, and a good decision maker on offense, but he wasn't a superstar at the time that he was on the Warriors at that point when they were winning championships. I think Wiseman has one of the highest ceilings in the draft. I mean, if he can get a consistent jump shot, he's going to be able to stretch the floor uh, making him a legitimate pick and pop threat on the on the pick and roll. I think he opens up a lot for the Warriors. I think he's going to have an opportunity to be on a winning team right away. Um, I think voters are going to look at that and look fondly upon it. I mean, if you look at John Morant last year, um, making that playoff push for Memphis really helped boost him in those ratings. And I mean, even last year, you look at who was second. It was Kendrick Nunn. I mean, it's it's guys that contribute on winning teams get put to the top of the rankings. I don't think Lonzo's ball is going to be on a competitive Hornets team by any stretch. I think Wiseman is. I think the voters like that. I think Wiseman has a big rookie year. I think he wins it. So um, I'm just going to go with a complete stretch now because 
he had a really good first game. Denny Avdia. <laughs> I, I, I just got to put myself out there. Um, listen, this we've talked a lot about this, but outside the top three, it was kind of a crapshoot the rest of the draft, and he's a really good shooter, and I do think he's got potential to be good. Um, he's playing with Brad Beal and Russell Westbrook. We'll see how good the Wizards end up being, but I do think he's going to get a lot of minutes, and I do think he's going to get a lot of shots. And uh, let's let's see. I'd love to see the Israeli kid as rookie of the year. Oh, I, I, believe me, I'll take the wrong uh, prediction if Avdia wins. I yeah. would love. I'm just going to pick him to pick him. I I fully agree with your your James Wiseman takes, and I also don't know how great of a shooter uh, and scorer Lamelo Ball is going to be in year one. But as we've seen in these uh, uh, first couple games, he he is really trying to make a lot of no look passes. So we'll definitely see some highlights of him. I like that pick, Ari. And I, I would not be disappointed at all if my pick six is for wrong. six first game. All I'm saying. Yeah. Confident. I mean, he definitely is going to have a lot of looks. I mean, Beal and uh, Westbrook are going to draw a lot. He's going to he's going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. I hope he's a stud. I really do. I do too. I real I wish the Bulls take him, took him, but we're past that now. So I hope Patrick Williams is good. Likewise for the Knicks, Obi one. <laughs> All right, let's get into the MVP conversation. Alec, t- kick us off. All right, guys. Uh, MVP. You know, I think it's a shame that LeBron James doesn't win MVP every year because he totally should. But anyway, let's get into it. I'm going to go look at MVP. And I know it's the popular, it's the trendy pick this year, but I just love him. I love his energy on the court. I love his game. There's nothing this kid cannot do. And he's just electric in everything he does. I just. I can't speak enough to uh, what that game in the bubble meant when he hit that deep three for the win at the buzzer. I mean, the guy just, he, he elevates his teammates, but he also can put the team on his back. He truly is uh, built in the James Harden image, but I think potentially even better given the fact that I, I do think he's a better teammate. Uh, maybe And again, he's not necessarily the best athlete. and He's not a ball hog. And he's not a ball hog. So I, I really just love his game. I think given the fact that Porzingis is going to be out for the start of the season, I think it's actually going to pad his stats even more. He's going to be taking more shots. He's going to have to be relied upon to do more for that team. And I think as the Dallas, as Luka Doncic goes, the Dallas Mavericks go, if he can elevate them into even if it's not the top half of the West, if he gets them up to the top, you know, five, I think that's just going to be enough to get him over the hump, given the fact that, like we said earlier, the team isn't necessarily a very strong roster. So given all that, I just I really am excited to see what he does this year. Uh, I, I I just think it's also crazy that the Atlanta Hawks made that trade out of that pick, uh, you know, for Doncic uh, on draft night. I know they got a good player as well, but Doncic to me is just on a whole other level. So Doncic is my MVP. Uh, I hope I'm wrong because I, I love when LeBron just wins and wins and wins. So, But I, I just think the ship has kind of sailed for him. So give me Luka Doncic. I have Luka as well. <clears throat> I think your point on LeBron, I think him and AD 
they kind of take away from each other. It was a little bit like when uh, Steph and KD were on the same team. It's hard to get an MVP to a player who's paired up with another top five guy. Um, so yeah, for, for that reason, I don't think it's going to be LeBron. I think it's Luca. Um, that moment from the bubble that you mentioned, Alec, where he hit that buzzer beater over the Clippers was just probably the most electric moment of the playoffs. Um, I was by myself watching that game and I got up screaming that he hit that shot. You get the double Mike Breen bang treatment. Um, yeah. seldom seen. I think he really has a way of just bringing emotion out of the fans and, I think the NBA wants him to be the next superstar. Um, he's such a lovable guy. Um, I think him and Giannis are going to be the faces of the league. I don't think Giannis wins it three straight times. I think it goes to Luka. I think he takes that jump this year. I mean, he's going to be a triple-double threat every game. I had the fortune of actually going to a game where the Warriors played him, and he was just scoring at will. Like That guy scores effortlessly. Um, most guys have to work to get shots. He picks and chooses where he goes. He can get to any spot on the floor and finish. Um, also just a phenomenal leader, likable guy. I think the media is going to fall in love with him this year. I actually looked into this a little bit before the, the pod. If you look at the number of nationally televised games, um, I think the Mavericks have the second most of any team behind, I think, the, just the Lakers. So, the media spotlight's going to be put on him. I think for that reason, the voters are going to vote for him. I think he wins it. Um, I also have Luka Doncic as, as my MVP. Uh, and I want to I wanna retract something I said earlier about scoring title. Uh, I don't necessarily want to retract it, but I, I do also think he could get the scoring title. Um, I, I do think Harden will win it again, and I think Trey Young will be up there as well. But Doncic was third last year, and we also need to keep in mind he is 20 years old. He is 20 years old, and what he's doing is incredible. And just watching him play, it's so effortless with him. And and Porzingis is going to be out for a little. They don't have that great of a roster. He's going to get a lot of shots up, and he's a very, very likable guy. And there's just – we see great players in this league, but they're – and, and everyone knows it, too. There's just something about him that's just so different that it just makes him so, so special. And I, I do think he will be able to capture the MVP next year. Also, uh, the NBA loves loves giving out new MVP awards. Um, I know they didn't last year, but you really could make the argument that LeBron James has been the MVP every year since 2007. But they, they do like mixing it up a little bit and giving other guys a shot. And I, I think Luca is really going to take that next step next year. Consensus. I love it. I like it. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into some postseason predictions. I don't think we need to go round by round, but let's get a finals matchup and winner and finals MVP. So we'll three and one right here. Alec, why don't you kick us off? All right. So, I don't like to be the guy who picks one versus one. I never like to do that, even though the NBA of all the leagues, it's the most predictable league for sure. Um, but I will say uh, I, I just don't like to pick that way. So I'm not going to go with Lakers Bucks. I know a lot of people like to like to put that in there, but I am going to go with the Lakers out of the West. Uh, I do think that 
Uh, LeBron James is just, you know, he's LeBron James. He's going to lead them with a stronger roster this year. I don't see there any reason being, unless some kind of a slowdown by LeBron James, uh, I don't see any uh, any reason why they can't make the finals again. And I think from the Eastern Conference, and it really kills me to say this, and again, everything has to go right for this to happen, but I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to go, guys. I really do. I just Something tells me that uh, for maybe it's only one year, if they manage the minutes, if they get these guys on the same page and they get some continuity, it might be a situation like the Miami Heat in year one uh, where they didn't win. They had like a 500 record going into, I think, like the all-star break. And then they just completely blew everything out of the water the rest of the season. I think it could be like that to get the uh, chemistry there. But I do think that the Brooklyn Nets, their roster is super deep uh, when you go into what's behind KD and Kyrie. Uh, I, I, just, I, I think Steve Nash is going to be a good coach. I think he's uh, a guy who can handle the egos. He's a very even-keeled person. He's worked with Kevin Durant in the past in Golden State. He's also, uh, I mean, he's a point guard, obviously, and he's one of the most accomplished. So I think Kyrie Irving will at least respect him for that. So I do think that this is going to be the right situation for the Stars to align for the Nets. I do think they will go to the finals and play the Lakers, but I do think that LeBron James will uh, will prevail and take uh, Kevin Durant, whose body is a bit worse for wear uh, after you know a devastating Achilles injury, and he will beat the uh, he he and AD will beat the Brooklyn Nets in six games. Uh, and I believe the finals MVP this year will be Anthony Davis. I like that pick a lot. Um, Why Anthony Davis as opposed to LeBron James? I don't see anybody on the Nets being able to guard him. You can you can work something with LeBron. Uh, you don't think Jared but, Allen? I, I, no, I mean, if they're going to play – uh, it, here's the thing. They can do small ball lineups. Jared Allen doesn't step out and AD can step out. So if they're going to play AD at the five, he's impossible, um, because of his ability to play all over the floor. Jared Allen's a younger player. Um, I just think that AD is going to expose him and, uh, LeBron, you can kind of do a little bit by committee, uh, given what Katie's limitations are or not. I just think Anthony Davis especially if you go to the bench and you're playing AD against DeAndre Jordan at this stage in his career, I just think AD is going to take him. So that's why I got AD. I like it. So I'm actually going to pick the same matchup, um, which is lame, but I mean, I just don't see anyone beating the Lakers in the West. They somehow got deeper um, with the additions of Schroeder and Marc Gasol um, and Montrez Harrell. So, I mean, I just don't see any team contending with them. You know, the other L.A. team, I just don't trust playoff P, Paul George. We saw him hit the side of the backboard, and that's just one of those images that I'll never forget as a fan. Um, there, there's just certain teams that aren't built to win championships, and I, I just don't think that the Clippers are one of them. Um, you look elsewhere in the Western Conference, I don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to stop the Lakers. I don't think Jazz have a shot. Mavs might be able to make some noise, but I, I think the Lakers are just too deep. And then in the East, um, and this is a big asterisk, but I mean, if KD and Kyrie stay healthy, they might be the two most talented guys in the conference outside of Giannis. Um, at their at their peak, I mean, they're both top 10 NBA players. Um, 
Kyrie, we haven't seen him in a little bit since the shoulder surgery, shut him down last year, but he was getting his during the preseason. And I mean, Kevin Durant, I, I hope for his sake that he's at a hundred percent, but even if he's not, um, his perimeter scoring is not going to be able to go away just due to the fact that he's a seven foot shooter. Um, I like the rest of that roster a lot too. I like Joe Harris. He spaces the floor. I like Dinwiddie. I like Karis Levert. I touched on him a little bit in the six man conversation. You got DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen. I think, I think that team is built to go deep in the playoffs and, uh, Steve Nash. I mean, we, we saw Steve Kerr as a uh, fledgling head coach take a team to the finals. I think Steve Nash, who was with the Warriors organization, Alec, as you mentioned, has the chance to do the same thing. Fiercely competitive guy. Um, and he also has Mike D'Antoni on the roster, as, on the coaching roster, which uh, is underrated as well, um, who engineered the seven seconds or less offense with Phoenix with um, Steve Nash at the helm. So, I mean, that, that coaching roster is good, as is the players. So I like the Nets. But uh, I think the Lakers are going to be too strong for the Nets to overcome. And uh, I'm not going to pick AD. I don't want to do the exact same thing. So I'm going to pick LeBron. The, the finals MVP conversation this year wasn't really close. And AD had a really good series. Um, there were some games where he was just putting up points. But I think LeBron is just the brain of that team. And anything that AD is able to accomplish kind of comes through LeBron. Obviously, AD is a great player in his own right, but LeBron's just still the best player in the world. I think he gets it done, wins uh, Finals MVP again, and gets himself into that conversation with Jordan on a on a more serious note. All right, boys, I'm gonna I'm gonna fade your picks. Um, I really think people are they they did not play well in the bubble last year and they blew a three one lead, but people are discounting how good the Clippers really are. We're talking Kawhi Leonard, Defensive Player of the Year two-time finals MVP. He's got the clutch gene. Paul George did not play good in the in the bubble, but I think he's going to play good this year. They still have Ibaka. So when you're matching up with the Lakers, um, you could put Ibaka on Anthony Davis. You could even put Kawhi on Anthony Davis, and you could switch Kawhi and Paul George uh, onto LeBron. They have an incredibly deep roster in terms of scoring and defense. Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. And I really think they're going to play better this year. Um, so I'm going to pick the Clippers to come out of the West. And in the East, it, it's tough. I, I want to pick Milwaukee, but I also think with Brooklyn, they just have the firepower. They, they do have a really deep team. And I also think Steve Ash is going to be a really good coach. Um, it seems the Bucs haven't been able to close that big game yet, but people also said that about LeBron early in his career and Giannis is very early in his career. But um, I, I think Kevin Durant has his number still. And me and Manny were at a game, first the Warriors in Milwaukee, where it's, it's a commonly showed highlight of KD where he, he put the ball between his legs and did a hezzy on, on Giannis and put him up in the air and then took him, took him to the hoop and, and dunked. And, now, I really do like this Brooklyn team. There's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of scoring. Um, so I'm going to put Clippers and Brooklyn in the finals. I'm going to take the Clippers to win it all. Kawhi Leonard in the finals. MVP. I like it. We all have the uh, New York versus L.A. matchup. The NBA would love that. You guys know how much it kills me that the Brooklyn Nets are good? Are there actually fans of the team? No. Corey David and Ben Lampert. Yeah, like who cares, guys? Like the the Brooklyn Nets. 
Do you know what's funny? You want to know the funny thing? When Obi Toppin was drafted by the Knicks, his post-draft conference, like where he spoke to the media with the Knicks, got more views than Kevin Durant speaking to media day this year. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Knicks town. We're coming up on two hours now, which has definitely been our longest podcast. Um, And we got some great picks we haven't written down, and we'll definitely revisit these at some point. Um, And as we close out, though, Nyman, um, you're known for for one thing, and you did it a lot at school when you you were the social of the fraternity. You would uh, give the social rundown videos on our Facebook page in a Stephen A. Smith impression. And to close us out, can you give us a little Stephen A.? Well, what do you want me to talk about? Say the Riverwalk is not enough for him. The Riverwalk? Well, I don't know. You remember when he went off on Kawhi Leonard? You don't have to. You you could do it whatever you want. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. I just thought it'd be all right. Fun. All right, let me get into. I need to get a character, guys. Here's the deal, fellas. LeBron James has got to get it done. He's he did it before in the bubble with no fans. It's going to be a different story if the vaccine is out this year and people at the Staples Center. We got to get this done, LeBron. And that's what I got to say about that, vociferously and expeditiously. And remember to stay off the weed. That's true. Stay off the weed. All right. And, and Alec, I know, uh, I know you have a podcast coming out. If you want to give us a little, uh, little rundown about that before we uh, close out. Sure. Um, yeah. So on a, on a serious note, um, I've been working with uh, Jason Gross, another fellow uh, AEPI uh, alum. Uh, we've been working on our own podcast as well the last few months. We've actually accumulated a bunch of episodes. We just have not released them yet. The name of our show is called It Still Slaps. It's a music and pop culture-based podcast where we talk about like really classic music and albums and talk about our lives and it's a little bit therapeutic for us. Uh, we get to, you know, share our um, our thoughts and feelings about music uh, or in the context of music. So, you know, I was hoping we could do a little cross pollination between the two podcasts. Eventually, we're um, we're going live uh, on January the I believe the fifth or the sixth. I'm not sure what we got officially. I'm going to call it the fifth. Let's call it January fifth, Tuesday, January fifth. We're coming live. It still slaps me and Jason Gross. And, uh, you know, we hope we can do a little cross-pollination, talk some music, talk some sports, talk, you know, career stuff with you guys. And, you know, it was really great to be on today. I'm happy to, uh, you know, do it again, hopefully. Yeah, you were, you were a phenomenal guest. Um, you did not disappoint. Um, <laughs> I, will, I, I will be watching the ratings, as you promised me, the, the ratings. So I, I will be all over that, and I will let you know. But – Thanks again for coming on. Guys, you're about to be number one on Apple, Spotify, and all, you know, whatever, uh, you know, programs or, or apps. I, only, you, you, guys, you guys don't know what's coming. Only until January 5th or 6th. That'll no, be no, when no, the crown's no. taken. Come on. We're, we're different demographics, guys. But we, we are going to have, you know, some – I'm sure there'll be some crossover. So – I'm excited. Uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. We we have we do more than music. We we talk a lot about um you know just stuff that's going on with us personally too. So a little bit of a personal touch and uh, and a lot of college memories do come up as well. So you know 
it'll be fun to reminisce with you guys when we have you guys on. Yeah, I well, can't wait to hear it. Um, definitely looking forward to listening. And uh, I think a, a rising tide will lift all boats. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to hear yours. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to hear you soon. We'll make sure to share that when, when that comes out. Absolutely. I'd love to do some reads for you guys, you know, we'll do, do some, do some, uh, you know, a little bit of a cross pollination, like I said. Yes. Well, Alec, um, when I went to IU, I'd never really met a very opinionated Jewish person from New York. Um, <laughs> so you are one of the first people that I was exposed to with that background. And I can definitely let you know that you have not once disappointed. And uh, I you, appreciate that. you bring the firebrand, you bring the energy. Guys, I only know how to do this one way. And that is with full energy on, you know, we turn, we turn the amplifier up to 10. I, that's all I am guys. I, I can't, I can't be anything else other than me. Well, we, that's why we love you. Yeah. <laughs> I love you guys too. And Manny, next time we're in Cleveland, which will happen, we're going to go get a Swenson's burger. We're going to go to Corky and Lenny's Jewish deli. I could do a whole other podcast just on the top Jewish delis in the world. And I've been to all of them, guys. I've been to Jewish delis in Shanghai, China. Okay. I've seen, I've seen it all. I've had Dr. Brown soda in several countries. <laughs> so I'm happy to, to have those type of conversations too. Well, you know, we definitely, we definitely want to have you on at some point and we could, we could do food. Uh, we'll have you on again and we could do food discussions and, and it was NBA, but you're obviously a phenomenal guest and this will not be your last time on the show. I appreciate it. I, I hope that I can be the Tim Dillon to your Joe Rogan, if that makes sense. <laughs> That'll land some of our listeners. Am I, am I Joe Rogan and is Manny Jamie? Uh, I mean, it can flip-flop either way, but, you know. You have whatever. to pick one. No, no, here's I got this one. Ready? Ari is um, – or, 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 okay. Ari is Joe Rogan. I'm Tim Dillon. Manny is Alex Jones. Okay, I love it. We'll go with that. <laughs> I'm I'm just messing with you, Manny. I love you. The 5G is turning the frogs gay. Okay, we got Infowars.com coming at you. Joe Biden is a globalist. You're not talking about the big lords coming in from, you know, hyperspace coming. You know, we're selling a great drink, guys, on Infowars.com. <laughs> Infowars.com. <laughs> All right, Alex. Too familiar. <laughs> we could do we could do a whole we could do a whole episode of just impressions too. We could that we could too. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely have you on again. You've you've definitely stimulated our our audience, and and we we're going to be tracking these NBA picks as the season goes on. So thanks for joining. Glad to loosen you guys up. Glad to be here, and uh, good luck with everything, guys. I love the show. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Take care. All right.